Lamentations says it so clearly. Your loving kindnesses indeed never cease. They're new every morning, and great is your faithfulness to us. Here we are today, Lord, trying to be faithful to you, to serve you with all of our heart, mind, soul, and strength, to love you in the same way. Lord, we're here to worship you. We're here to learn of you. We're here to grow in the grace and the knowledge of Jesus Christ. And we're here to tell others about our great and great and awesome Savior who came and died and paid for the penalty for our sins and then was buried for three days and risen the third day according to the Scriptures. We're here to tell that great truth to an entire world that will listen or to anybody who will listen. Lord, today we pray you open our hearts, our minds, our souls, our strength, and give us strength, Father, to serve you all the days of our life, Father God. And Father, we pray that not just in this church, but you open hearts of all the people that come, whether they're a believer or an unbeliever, the believer to walk more faithfully, or the unbeliever to come and gain salvation through the blood of redemption of Jesus Christ, who paid the penalty for sin. Without shedding of blood, there is no remission for sin. Thank you, Lord Jesus. I know I couldn't do it. I know that you did it for us. All we have to do is believe. I pray that the whole world would listen and obey the simplicity of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Lord, to you be the glory. And you be glorified here in Freedom Church today. In Jesus' holy name, amen. Amen. Again, you may be seated, everyone. Also, for those online um, that just tuned in, uh, this is Freedom Church at the Palm Beaches. I'm Pastor Joe Trapani. I'm glad you're, you're here today. If you're on our website, it's freedomchurchpb.org. You can find out what we believe in. You can see our list of ministries. You can... You can um, uh, watch past services from years pa back, and you can even give online should the Lord lead you to give. And uh, for those faithful here, faithful believers here and those online that are from out of state that give, and uh, we want to thank you for your gifts and tithes and offerings. That's what keeps the churches, not just this church, but every church alive to keep the gospel going out there. And we certainly need to make sure that it's out there. Not just the pastors, not just the missionaries, but the entire uh, lay people in the church of God to get the gospel out there in whichever way they can. Speaking to the grocery uh, teller at the bank or the cashier at the, at the um, at Publix, you know, um, online like we're doing right now, or whether you're out there on the street corners, we're, we're to get it out there. Because it's the greatest news in all the world. It's uh, too good to be true news. All you got to do is believe in Jesus and you shall be saved. How simple can you get? But mark that word, uh, believe. It's an action verb. That means adhere to, trust in, rely on. So, listen, um, for those that just tuned in, we're here every Sunday at 10 a.m. We stream live around the world, so we're glad you're there. Next week, maybe bring a couple relatives if you like what... We're preaching here. We're a full gospel, Bible-believing church. You know, uh, you know, bring your family, friends, children, and everything. Sit down in front of the TV, and if you're local, come on by. 2810 High Paluxo Road, just a quarter mile west of I-95 on, on, um, on High Paluxo Road on the north side of the road. 
So if you're local, it's easy to get to. Uh, we'd love to see you and have you come here. Um, for those of you that are here, you know there's boxes in the back. We've never taken a, an offering. There's boxes in the back to, to place any gifts and tithes and offerings, and we thank you for that. Um, let's see. I think that's about it, except I do want to uh, mention, you know, um, one of our number, you know, I mentioned Theron last week, his mother-in-law, Carol, whose mother-in-law, Joan, who lives with him and Carol, she was in the hospital, but this week they sent her home in hospice. So um, we got to pray for Joan and uh, lift her up. Also, we want to pray for our brother Brett up in Williamsburg, Virginia. And, um, you know, up there, you know, he went, as you know, he left here about a month ago, part of this church, left for the Middle East to preach in the Middle East, and he went from there to Cairo, Egypt, where they preached and had thousands and thousands of people got saved, and um, mostly Muslims. And the gospel was allowed to, pre to uh, be preached. And the reason that's happening, this is a one in the first time, is because the president of Egypt is actually, you know, for religious freedom. And he's allowing the Christians to come in and preach the gospel now. And, you know, the first crusade was like 100,000 people. And Brett preached on the fourth night, and I, I just saw a sea of people there. I talked to Brett last night. He's now, he went from Cairo, Egypt, you know, home for a little bit, went uh, to Bronzeville, um, spent some time with his family, you know, and um, went to Bronzeville where there was a revival, I think it was about 25 years ago, and it's great. And then from there he went to Williamsburg, Virginia to set up a, a um, another revival with C-SPAN, which is Christ for All Nations. That's who he's hanging with all these days. And he's doing a great job, so we want to keep Brett in prayer. And they're having a revival, Williamsburg, Virginia, next month. I think it's the 14th through the 17th, three-day pre-event. And, it, and the government's actually letting them use the property, you know, in... Uh, in Virginia, so it's it's great. The Lord's just opening up doors all the way around. If you look around, you can see it opening. America seems to be shutting down, but we know we've got to preach to America too, and um, so we're going to pray for Brett and and I want to lift up Liz's mom too. She's suffering uh, right now with you know her her organs are shutting down. So let's pray first. We know we're supposed to pray. We're supposed to learn. We're supposed to give. You know, so let's do it. Father, today we come to you in Jesus' name. We're going to hear about healing today. We're going to see you healing people, Lord, in a couple of verses as soon as we start this Bible study. Lord God, in Matthew chapter 15, Father God, we know that, you know, people come to you and they got healed. And today we lift people up before you, Father, for Liz's mom. We want her to be healed, Lord, her organs to, to um to begin functioning properly and completely. So, Father, we put her in your hands. Also, Lord, we want to lift up Joan, Carol's mother, Theron's mother-in-law, Lord, and came home yesterday with in hospice, Lord. And, Father God, it doesn't look good unless you reach down and touch her. I know her greatest need is salvation, Lord. She's not open to the gospel. And I pray that you provide opportunity for Carol and Theron 
to get the message out, maybe for the last time, to get that woman to, to put her faith and trust in Jesus Christ. Because Jesus said, I am the way, I am the truth, I am the life, and nobody comes to the Father except by me. That cuts out Buddha, Mohammed, all these other people, Harry, Krishna, you name it. There's only one Savior. His name is Jesus Christ. By the way, Christ means Messiah. He's the anointed one of Israel. So, Father God, we pray that you open Joan's heart to receive and receive the, receive you and receive the kingdom of heaven as a, as a, a bonus for putting her faith in you. What, what a great and mighty God we have. So, Father, we lift her up to you. We lift up Brett and the, and the plantings that he's, you know, taken care of in Williamsburg, Virginia. Father God, we, we pray that you touch him, use him in a mighty way, which we know you are. Protect his family, you know, Nona and the kids that are here, Lord God. And, and uh, thank you, Father, that he has a wife that supports everything that he's doing for you, evangelizing, hopefully, the world soon. So, Lord, we give you the glory, the praise, and the honor in Jesus' holy, holy name. Amen and amen. So, God bless you, everybody. Um, also, I know I just I'm going to only mention this maybe next week. We're going to cut it out, but I wrote a book. It's in the back. They're free, or you can give a donation or whatever you want. Um, it's a wake up call for the church. It's called About Face, and I'd like you to to read the book and um, wake up a little bit more. Although whole church, that's what we do. It's even listed in in uh, the Christian book Buyer's Guide. You know, our book is listed right there. It's on page 40. So it's getting publications. You know, it's, we, they, they featured it up in, in, uh, in Kentucky at a, at a um, book review place. And um, I want to thank you. For those online, if you uh, send any donation, I'll send the book out to you. For those here, there's silver trays in the back that someone gave as a, you know, hey, if you get, take the book, you know, grab a tray. And also, for those here again, you know, um, we have these little booklets in the back of the seats in front of you, and it's the Gospel of John. They're there for, for you to take and give to your mother, your sister, your brother, your neighbor, the homeless guy on the street corner, and do it. And then it's the Gospel of John. You can't go wrong with the Gospel of John. So, praise the Lord. Um, We've got to find a way to cut these announcements. Well, anyway, it happens. You know what? I've been a leader in many churches over the years, and it was always a problem. You know, the, the, the um, you know, putting out the notes or what's going to be happening. It's, it takes up a lot of time. But anyway, we're in Matthew chapter 15. For those online, tune in, you know. Oh, I did want to mention Brett's going to be preaching here. I talked to him last night. He's going to preach here the first Sunday in October. He's, a, he's actually part of our church, so it's nothing. It was just right now we've got to schedule him into the church because he's been practically around the world, <laughs> you know. Anyway, so praise the Lord. Matthew chapter 15. I told you, which I'm just going to review real quick. There's Jesus is being confronted by three things in this chapter. Number one, he's being confronted by religion, by the scribes and Pharisees saying that he's breaking their traditions. And he tried to drive home, your traditions are under God's word. You're putting your traditions up here and God's word down here. No, flip it. About face. Okay? 
The Word of God is up here. Tradition falls under that, you know. And some of these traditions by a lot of churches are way out in left field anyhow. It's ridiculous. Also, he confronted them about that. And, of course, they, they didn't like it, and they're chasing him around. They actually traveled 80 miles to, to confront Jesus and correct him. And meanwhile, Jesus was correcting them. And he also confronts race last week. We saw him heal the daughter of a Canaanite woman, the Syrophoenician woman, she called, who was vexed with a devil. So he was confronting the race issue. You know, there's nothing wrong with the Gentiles. They're called into the kingdom also, except it's the Jew first and then the Greek or the Gentile. So he confronted them about that. And today we're going to see Jesus is going to confront resources. He's going to show the people that who he is by the hand of God because he is going to create food right in front of their eyes, right before them, which he just did a few chapters back when he fed the 5,000. This time we're going to see him feeding 4,000 people. And I also gave you last week, and there's this little flyers on the back table with the books back there. I gave you a tenfold prayer of this Canaanite woman. And we can use it. You know what? God doesn't operate by, by, uh, a, a, by a tradition or, a, or a, a plan. It doesn't work that way. But it, he's going by what's in your heart when you do these things. But this little lady had a prayer, really, in all that she's doing here, the Canaanite woman. She was direct with Jesus. She came right out. She called him, you know, son of David, giving him a messianic title. She called him Lord. She was... She was very direct. She was going to talk to Jesus no matter what. Nobody could stop her. She, he, and she come out very direct, have mercy on me. You know what? The church needs to do that today. We all need to do that. Have mercy on me, God. I am a sinner saved by grace. Have mercy on me. She was humble. She bowed down, Lord, son of David. She knew, listen, this Gentile woman knew that the Messiah was on, in, in, on, on earth. She knew it. But the Jews are trying to figure this out. What's he trying to do? Change our religion? No, he's trying to get your attention to find out who Messiah is. He's not coming to free you from the tyranny of Rome. He's coming to free you from the tyranny of the penalty of your sin. That's what he's doing. She was humble. She was direct. She was fervent. She says... I want my daughter to be set free. I'm sure there were tears in her eyes when she's saying this. This is her daughter. She was fervently praying for somebody else, even though she was a daughter, of course. But we can fervently pray. We can stand in the gap for others like we did for Joan, Carol's mother, right now, as we did for Brett, you know, as we did for Liz's mom, right, you know, right just a little while ago. Okay, she was desperate. My daughter is vexed with the devil. The disciples are telling Jesus, send her away, send her away. And she's screaming all the lot more louder. Same thing happened with the blind man in John chapter 9. He just kept on screaming. No matter what, everybody's trying to shut him up. He kept on screaming just like that. And he was desperate. Are you desperate for God? Number, th number five was she was rational. She was rational. Jesus said, it's not good to throw the puppy's breads at a dog. And she says, but Lord, even the puppies eat off the scrap. Remember, the Bible says dog. Well, all the versions say dog. I checked them out. 
I saw not every single version. There's a whole, I've checked out probably 15 or 20 of them. It says dog. But if you go into the Greek, the word there is karunion. How's, how's it pronounced here? It's can eron. Can eron. Can eron. And it means little puppy. So Jesus said, it's not good to give the puppies the children's bread. And she says, but it's, but even the puppies, Lord, eat off the, the crumbs that fall from the master's table. Everywhere else in the Bible, that word for dog is kunon, K-U-N-O. And it's slang word. It means dog. Like they use the word dog to represent the Jews. They use the word dog to talking about a Gentile or a Greek or a Roman you know, they were, that's what it was. But Jesus was a lot softer than that. And I mentioned last week, you know, when Jesus raised Tabitha, the daughter, you know, he said, he, you know, the Bible says, Tabitha, arise. What Jesus really said, if you go to the noun, he said this. He said, my little lamb, I say to you, arise. A lot, I don't know, it gets me the chills. The love and the compassion that Jesus has that is, doesn't, and the, the English language does not do justice to what Jesus did and even the Word of God. You've got to look deeper and see what Jesus is really saying. She was respectful. She recognized the Savior of Israel. Even the Jews didn't recognize him. Jesus is healing lepers, raising the dead. You know, uh, limbs are being grown right before people, and they're trying to figure out who Jesus is. I hope you're not trying to figure out who Jesus is. Because, you know what? You know. If you're an American, probably you, you've heard it a thousand times. Even if you're Hebrew, I wouldn't doubt it. You're just rejecting the Messiah, which is the worst thing you could ever do. Number seven, she was worshipful. She cried out. She was screaming aloud, basically, is what that, that verses are saying. She was screaming aloud. She was persevering for someone else. She was also very determined. She knew, even the Jews didn't know, but she knew that the Messiah was coming for everybody, not just the Jews. He's coming to save mankind. You've got to remember, that if Jesus, if since God painted the picture of Adam and Eve in the garden before the fall, his signature is on the bottom of that picture. And he is going to love all of his creation, not just Adam and Eve, and not just the line up to Noah, but he's going to love the people that come from Shem, Hamath, and, and, and Shemeth, Shem, Ham, and Naaman. Um, Naaman. Huh? Japheth, Shem, Ham, and Japheth. That's it. Sorry. This things happen to me. I'm going to get rid of that. I hate that. And I lose a word. You know? Anyway, you, you, you are from one of those lines. You are from one of the sons of Noah. You and I both. And God loves all of his creation. He just made a promise to Abraham because Abraham was the one who actually believed in him on the earth at that time. So there's a special promise that goes there. But you are children of Abraham, not by blood, but by faith. Because Abraham was saved by what? Faith. And how are you saved? Faith. You're not saved because you have a blood. Uh, you're from the bloodline of, 
of the Messiah, or from the, not the Messiah, but from 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 uh, you know from Hebrew blood of Abraham. You're saved by the faith, and like Abraham was saved by faith, not by his blood. She was determined, and she was full of faith. She was full of faith. There was only two times I mentioned in the scripture that Jesus commanded people full of great, full of faith, and that was the Roman centurion who was a Gentile, and here's a Gentile Canaanite Syrophoenician woman. She is full of faith, and Jesus said, you know, Jesus was a marveling at their faith. And I put it this way, in today's terms, in today's terms, it would be like what our little slang languages, language would be, you're blowing my mind. She blew the mind of the Messiah of Israel because of the great faith that she had, knowing that all she got to do is get him to say the word and her daughter would be healed. And also the, 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 the centurion, you know, just say the word, Lord, and my daughter will be healed. And they were that very moment. If we could only have that faith today to believe like that. Today I named this message that was just a review, folks. Um, today I made this message, the children's bread. Even though it goes back to verse 26, and we're going to start at verse 29, this, Jesus said, I just not supposed to show, throw the children's bread to the dogs or to the little puppies. Well, what is the children's bread? So we're going to look at that today. In our passage here, we're just going to finish up this chapter, Matthew 15, verses 29 to 39, 10 verses, and I'm going to read them for you right now. It says, Healing of the multitudes, if you see a title in your Bible, that de then departing from there, Jesus went along by the Sea of Galilee, and having gone up to the mountain, he was sitting there. And a great multitude came to him, bringing with him those who were lame, those who were crippled, blind, dumb, and many others. And they laid them down at his feet, and he healed them so that the multitude marveled as they saw the dumb speaking, the crippled restored, the lame walking, and the blind seeing, and they glorified the God of Israel. And Jesus called his disciples and said to them, I feel compassion for the multitude, because they have remained with me now three days and have had nothing to eat. And I do not wish to send them away, lest they faint on the way. And the disciples said to him, Where would we get so many loaves in a des desolate place to satisfy such a great multitude? And Jesus said to them, How many loaves do you have? And they said, Seven, and a few small fish. He directed the multitude to sit down on the ground. And he took the seven loaves and the fish, and giving thanks, he broke them and started giving them to the disciples, 
and the disciples in turn to the multitudes. And they all ate and were satisfied, and they picked up what was left over of the broken pieces, seven large baskets full. And those who ate were 4,000 men, besides women and children. And sending away the multitude, he got into the boat and came to the region of Magdan, Magnadan. So what is the children's bread? I think it's described quite well in verses 28 and 29, right here. Let me read them again. And departing from there, she went, Jesus went along by the Sea of Galilee, and having gone up to the mountain, he was sitting there, and the great multitude came to him, bringing him those who were lame, crippled, blind, dumb, and many others, and they laid them down at his feet, and he healed them, so that the multitude marveled as they saw the dumb speaking, the crippled restored, the lame walking, the blind seeing, and they glorified the God of Israel. I think this is, 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 is a good statement as to what is the bread of God, or what is the children's bread. And by that I mean children. I just identified to you a little while ago, it's not just Jew, it's Gentile too. It's Jew and Gentile. God wishes that none would perish, and all would come to repentance. None. Because this, like I said, whether you're bloodline of Abraham or bloodline of Noah somewhere, you know, it doesn't, it doesn't matter. You are God's creation. His signature is on your portrait. And he is going to save all of his creation. I believe that's part of the children's bread. It says here, the lame, the blind, the mute, and the King James, New King James, says the maimed. Maimed. That means people that maybe lost a hand or a finger or an arm or even a leg. Jesus was healing them. And if they were missing an arm, these people were seeing an arm restored right before their very eyes. And that word healed in verse 30, and he healed them all, okay? The verb tense there is he healed them immediately. Immediately. He didn't lay his hands on them, and two days later they got healed. He was healing them immediately. This is why I say the English language doesn't do justice to the Greek words of God. You know, there's a lot more to it. The tense there's like 13 or 17 tenses in Greek, in, in, he, in biblical Greek. And this tense is, he healed them immediately. So the blind person, he put his hand on him probably, and he was healed immediately. The lame person, the maimed person that was missing a leg, he laid his hand on him, and their leg grew out. And they walked away. They were healed immediately. He made them whole complete, lacking nothing. They didn't get a partial healing. Now, I think you can have a partial healing. 
I've had people up front that I'd be praying for their, their back and, and their backache would go away. The Lord would heal their backache and they'd say, but I got a little pain in my ankle, but that's okay. No, it's not okay. God wants to heal you completely. It's not about partial healing. There's nowhere in the scripture did Jesus ever heal anybody partially. There was the blind man that he saw people as trees, but Jesus went right back at it again, right? And then he saw perfectly. The Gentile, the ten lepers, walked away, and as they were going away, they were being cleansed. And only one, remember, came back to worship the Lord. Jesus has done that same healing work in our lives today. He gave us the ability to praise and worship the Father because we've been made whole, complete, lacking nothing. He picked many of us up and healed us and made us walk straight. He touched out many of our eyes. I know people here, you know, their cataracts was when the Lord healed. And he can do that. That's his promise. This woman, uh, this Hebrew or Canaanite woman, knew it. He knew, she knew the scriptures that the Jews were probably hiding from, like I mentioned last week, saw Isaiah 29, 18. And on that day the deaf will hear the words of a book, and out of the gloom and darkness the eyes of the blind shall see. The afflicted also shall increase in gladness in the Lord. And the needy of mankind shall rejoice in the Holy One of Israel. And that is what this Syrophoenician woman was doing, rejoicing in the God of Israel. And that's what God wants us to do as he heals us today. Physically, we're talking about not just physical healing here, but we're talking about spiritual healing too, according to the Word of God. There was a great multitude that came. They, Jesus' fame was was flourishing. He couldn't even go into the cities anymore. That's why there were 5,000 people following him when he fed them, plus the men and women and children. That's why there's 4,000 here. He couldn't even go near the cities anymore. I think that's one of the reasons why he told people, don't tell anybody that you were healed. Just tell them what, you know, God healed you. Don't tell them basically about, about me, I guess. You know, because he didn't, he wanted to go into the villages so he could see Zacchaeus sitting in the tree. You know, he, could, he wanted to be able to come one-on-one -on -one if he could, to go to someone's home for dinner that would invite him there. She knew it, but the Jews are trying to figure out. As he's healing all these people, Yahweh Rohi was being seen, ID'd, Jesus' ID is being shown as Jehovah Rohi, which is God, our, our shepherd. He came to tend his sheep, to care for his sheep, to love his sheep, to heal his sheep. They were experiencing the Lord as their shepherd right here. He's leading them right now. He's going to feed them in the wilderness. Isn't that what Psalm 23 says? Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He made them sit in green pastures here. They came and they sat down at the feet of him. And in verse 31, he healed them immediately. Which is, again, he's IDing himself right here, being healing 
people immediately. He's IDing, IDing himself as Jehovah Rophe, our healer. And the multitudes are wondering. And the Jewish people are saying, how can we get rid of this guy? The dumb were speaking. Another idea of Jesus, Jehovah Nisi. I'll show you. He, he gives you, he's a Jehovah Nisi, our victory banner. These people were now walking in victory. They couldn't speak, but now they can speak the victorious praises of God. The maimed were made whole. As I just said, their arms, their hands, their legs were growing out. He's identifying himself as El Shaddai, God Almighty. Who else but God Almighty could, could take somebody with no arm and put arms on them? Who else? You can't. I can't. But God may do it through you because there are people that, can, that have the gift of miracles. And if you have the gift of miracles, I don't think you need to run around telling people. They'll figure it out after a while. That's called humility. The maimed, it says here in the New King James. Maimed means the crippled. So it's in the New American Standard, it's translated as crippled. But maimed, it goes more than just crippled. They aren't just, they just don't have a sprained, egg, uh, sprained ankle or a broken leg. They're maimed. They're missing the leg. I think that identifies it a little bit more. He's God Almighty. El Shaddai. Lame, the lame were walking. The Lord provided them the ability to walk. So what is the children's bread? From verse 26. It is not meat or good for the children's bread to be given to the puppies. Here's what it is. It's children are being healed. The lame walking, the blind seeing, the dumb speaking, the maimed being made whole, demons being cast out, salvation for the whole body, not just a part of the body. He's providing, think about it, in these two, three verses, he's providing healing for salvation. He's providing healing and salvation, I should say, for the whole body, the whole soul, and the whole spirit. God doesn't want you just partially healed or partially saved. He wants you completely saved. That's why Jesus said, you know, you know, I'd rather you be hot or cold because if you're lukewarm, I'm going to spit you right out of my mouth. Or as I say, I think it's a King James vomit you. You've been healed completely. Sin, sickness, even demons are cast out. These are the children's bread. You, are the, you have the authority to do such. Because, you know, Mark says in chapter 16, you know, these signs accompany those who believe in my name. In my name they'll cast out demons, they'll speak with new tongues, they'll drink deadly poison and shall not hurt them. They shall put down serpents. Again, another Greek translation as far as I'm concerned. The Greek word there says they, a lot of versions say pick up serpents and it gives these these uh, pastors that are snake handlers the ability to handle a rattlesnake if you look up the greek word that greek word also means put down and since the first part of that verse in verse 6 in chapter 16 of mark says you'll 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 
take down the sons of These signs will accompany those who believe in my name, and in my name they'll cast out demons. Cast out means put down. It doesn't mean take up. So it comes back into the second part of that verse in Mark 16. It says, you know, they'll pick up serpents. First of all, now we're casting out serpents. All of a sudden, a verse later, we're, we're taking up serpents, but that Greek word could be translated put down also. You've got to be careful. Because people will look for anything to get attention. You know what? We want Jesus Christ to get the attention here at Freedom Church. We see the blind are seeing. El, El Elyon is being seen there. God most high. Not only that, he's IDing himself as Jehovah Shammah. Ezekiel 48, 35 tells you that he is the Lord who is present. The Lord God Almighty is present right there healing the sick and the lame and the crippled and the blind. He's right there. Jesus' ID is being identified all through the book of the Gospel of Matthew. His ID is very clear. And if you're missing it today, you haven't been reading with an open heart. You've got to read the word. He's the anointed one of Israel. He's the God with us, according to Psalm 2.2. You know, we, the children's bread is we are the family of God, and we have the rights that God has given us. Let me, put some of the, let me give you some of the rights. You have, you have legal rights of a believer. John 8, 36. Here's one of the legal rights. You have the right to be free. He who the Son sets free shall be free indeed. Right? You have the legal right through the gospel, through Jesus Christ, to be free. Free. That means from drugs, alcohol, pornography, whatever it is that ails you. Sin, whatever sin it may be. Isaiah 53, 5 backs that up, as you well know. So does 2 Peter 2, the right to be healed. You have the right to be healed. Jesus turned nobody away. Just take that note. I know there's questions about that, but Jesus turned absolutely nobody away. None. All that came to him. Romans 8, 15, you have the right to never be fearful. As a child of God, you have the legal right to never be fearful. You did not receive the spirit of bondage again to fear, but you received the spirit of adoption by which you cry out, Abba, Father. You also have the legal right to ask God. Ask and it shall be given. Seek and you shall find and knock and the door shall be open. opened. You also have promised rights. How about this one? Psalm 103, 1 through 3, the right to bless the Lord, O my soul, forget not all his benefits, who heals all your diseases, forgives all your sins, and forgiveness, forget not all your benefits, who heals, who, now let me turn there, I lost that one again too. Psalm 103, I know that verse like the back of my hand, and I, you know, you forget. I forget. It'll come to me, though, as I... 
Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that was within me, within me. Bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, forget not all his benefits. That's the children's bread. Who pardons all your iniquities, who heals all your diseases, and who redeems your life from the pit, who crowns you with loving kindness and compassion, and satisfies your years with good things. Listen, forget not all his benefit, but benefit number one, who pardons all your iniquities, he forgives your sin spiritually. He heals all your diseases, that's physical. He redeems your life from this pit. That's spiritual. He gives you a crown of honor because you have promised rights, and we have promised rights to claim them. Now, don't go out of hand and, and ask God to hit the lottery this afternoon because that is not delighting in the Lord. Delight in the Lord, and he shall give you the desires of your heart, Psalm 37.5. If, if you delight in the Lord, you're, you will not have a desire to win the lottery. You know what you'll have a desire for? Your next door neighbor to be saved. That's what you're going to have. I prayed for Carol's mother, Joan. Her greatest need is salvation. She's 80-some years old, 84, I think. She, her greatest need is salvation, not a condo in a Riviera. You promised right also. You have the right to mount up on a wing like an eagle. You have a right to walk and not be weary, run and not faint. I took a stress test at the VA this week, and I put me on a treadmill. Check me out. You know what verse I was quoting? Right here. Oh, you know, the, this verse. They that want upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They'll mount up with wings like eagle. They'll walk on this treadmill and not be weary. They'll run on this treadmill and not faint. I was out of there in five minutes. Five minutes. Because, you know, I'm quoting that verse the whole time. That's a promised right that I have to mount up on a wing like an eagle. You watch an eagle fly. He flaps his wings one time. You never see him flap for another 20 minutes as he's running on the air currents. And he isn't going down. He's going up. How does he do that? Because he's riding where he's up. That's what God's saying. You can rise up on wings like eagles. You don't even have to exercise. You're just floating in, in the air. You have that right. You know what? I can't go through it all because I went online and I saw that there, this is promised rights we're talking about. I saw in the Bible that there is listed 3,573 to 7,487 promised rights in the Bible. We don't have time for all that. But you get the message, right? You have promised rights. Claim it. You have human rights. You have free choice. This is some of the children's bread. You have, you know, Romans 1.12, but as many as received him. He gave you the right to become a child of God, even to those who believe in his name. All you got to do is believe in his name. He gave you a right, a human right to be saved. Joshua chose his human right. He says, you choose for this day who you are going to serve. Whether you see the God of the Amorites, the Perizzites, the Hivites, or whatever. But me and my house, we will serve the Lord, Joshua 24, 15. As for you have the right to choose to walk with God like Joshua did. 
Choose for yourselves today over the internet, you guys. Choose for the today, today for yourselves today who you will serve. But as for me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord. There's no doubt about it. Holy Spirit, we need your help. Deuteronomy 30, verse 19 says this, God has set before you life and death, blessing and curses. Therefore, choose life. Choose life. It's that simple. Just believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and you shall be saved. Acts 16, 31. You have divine rights. You have a divine right to life. He has put all things under your feet. And he's made under his feet. And he's made him to be head over all things. Your divine right is everyone who believes in him may and will have eternal life. That's, that's your life. That's a divine right to live eternally. You have, the, you have a divine right over nature that you might become partakers of his divine nature. His divine nature. You have a new mind. Let this mind be in you who's in Christ Jesus. You have a divine right to have the mind of Christ. You're to be renewed in the spirit of your mind, Ephesians 4.23. You have a divine right to participate in God's riches. Ephesians 3.8 says, He's given you, I give to you to announce to the Gentiles the unsearchable rights of Christ. You have the right to His riches. Eye hasn't seen, ear hasn't heard, nor has it entered into the heart of man all that God has prepared for you who love Him. And Romans 10.12 says this, The same Lord is the Lord over all and rich to all who call upon him. You have, you are rich if you call upon him. You might think you're poor, but you're rich. You might be sleeping under a bridge, but you have Jesus as your Savior. You are rich. Some people live in a, a 44-room mansion, and they don't have Jesus, and they aren't rich. They're poor. They're poor. You have also, number five, you have, you have the the right, the divine right to participate in his sonship. But as many as received him, he gave you the right to become a son of God. You participate in, in being a son of God. What more could you ask for? And there's so much more in the Bible. Ephesians 4, uh, 1, 5, you know, says this, having foreordained us to sonship, through Jesus Christ. You are a son or a daughter of God through Jesus Christ. These are divine rights. These are, this is a, this is the children's bread. We aren't even going to get to our, the rest of the chapter today. We have redemptive rights of the believer. Ephesians 1, 7. In him we have redemption through his blood and forgiveness of our trespasses according to the riches of his grace. You have a redemptive right. A right to be redeemed. 
by the blood of Jesus. You can only have that right if you ask to be redeemed. Jesus, you're my Savior. I'm a sinner. I fall short of your glory. Let me give you what they call the Roman road. Roman 3. All have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. Romans 3 again. All, see, all, all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. Let me give you 6.23. The wages of sin is death, and the free gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. Romans 5.8. But God demonstrated his love towards you and that while you were yet sinners, Christ died for you. Romans 10, 13. Whoever, that means you, calls upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. I can back that up with Romans 3, 24, Romans 8, 23, 1 Corinthians 1, 30, Ephesians 1, 14, Ephesians 4, 30, Colossians 1, 14, in who we have redemption through his blood, even forgiveness of sins. And we can back that up with Hebrews 9, 12, and 9, 15. You have redemptive rights to be redeemed. Jesus gave you that right to be redeemed. And why is all this given to you because God has compassion on you. And that's why he's going to feed the 4,000 in, in the next part of this chapter. God has, God has compassion on you. You're lost. You may be lost. And he has compassion on you to be saved. You know what? I'm going to end it there because I don't have time to finish the rest of this chapter. And we're close to closing time. I want to read you. Here's a verse that God has been putting on my heart lately. And I have been quoting it to myself. I've told it to other people and they're memorizing it. It's 1 Corinthians 9.27. It says, I buffet or I discipline my body, and I make it my slave, so that after I have preached to the people, I myself will not be disqualified. If you're a servant of God, whether you're a pastor or a layperson or a missionary, it doesn't matter. You need to discipline your body. You need to preach to the people. And you need to understand the last part of that verse you, that you can be disqualified. It's not how you begin your ministry. It's how you finish. You might have started off slow and hard and failed, but you ended up finishing well. Or you may start it off big and grand and ended up falling. It's not how you it's not how you Start. It's how you finish. And this verse tells me I want to finish well. I don't think that's going to be next week. Thank you, Lord. I believe it's going to be years from now. But I don't want to be disqualified when I get into the kingdom. And here's what you need to know for all those of you on the internet right now. 
you can get these divine rights, these legal rights, and all the rights that I just gave you, which are you have legal rights, promised rights, union, human rights, divine rights, redemptive rights. You can get all these, these rights. How? Here it is. 2 Corinthians 7, 9. But now rejoice, not that you were made sorrowful for your sins, but you were made sorrowful to the point of repentance. For you were made sorrowful according to the will of God in order that you might not suffer loss in anything through us. For the sorrow that is according to the will of God produces repentance without regret, leading to salvation. But the sorrow of the world produces death. Here's the formula. Be sorrowful, repent. Sorrowful plus repentance equals salvation. Simple as that. Sorrow to repentance equals your salvation. So you've got to be sorrowful for your sins. You've got to repent of your sins, which is about face. That's why I want you to read my book. You want to go back in God's direction, and then you will receive salvation through the blood, the redemptive blood of Jesus Christ. And you can do that not by a prayer that I'm going to pray for you. You can do that in your own home, right here in this church. You just bow your heart before God and cry out to him. Say, Lord, I'm a sinner. I believe Jesus came and paid the penalty for my sins. I want to serve you all the days of my life. Help me. Send me your Holy Spirit that I might be victorious in my Christian walk. And to you be the glory, Father, in Jesus' name. Thank you, everybody. Those online, tune in next week at 10 a.m. Uh, and uh, bring your family. And I love you all, whether you're on the Internet or whether you're here. God bless you. I love you in Jesus. Bye-bye.